in 1st Timothy 3 today. Um, actually, this whole week we're in 1st Timothy 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to jump in at the beginning of 1st Timothy 3. Um, <laughs> that's a good place to start. Let's start at the yep. beginning to quote yep. my friend um, Maria from The Sound of Music. Let's start at the very beginning. Now I sing and now you understand why I don't. So anyway, but listen, we were talking about last week. Last week was a lot, right? Like we felt like mm-hmm. last week was um, kind of problematic, troublesome in some ways. Um, but at the same time, like we know that the Bible is not problematic, So that's hard to say that, but anyway, we've had a lot of thoughts and there's been a lot of discussion. Um, So we just want to touch bases on that a little bit Mm -hmm. before we get into Timothy 3. Yeah. So really specifically, this is the part where um, Paul says, ladies, go home, shut up and have babies. Not quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was your take on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what kept happening. And we're talking about um, Timothy 2, 9, 2, let's see, is that 15, 14? 15. So 15. Yeah. 15. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was felt like rough to me a little bit. And so I thought, I kept working at it. I kept going at it because it's like, hmm, there's something going on here that I felt like we were missing. And maybe we weren't. I just thought I wasn't done talking about it. So specifically, I went to uh, Pastor Tom Donnelly and I was talking with him. He goes, hey, you know, what you talking about? What are you thinking? I go, all right, tell me about that part where Paul tells the women to shut up and go home and have babies. And he goes, oh, like, okay, that's good. <laughs> oh, this is a, be a fun conversation. Yeah, it was a hallway conversation. It wasn't a sit down <laughs> one, but he was talking about, and I told him some of the things we were, we were saying. And, and then as we were going, I was mentioning the time where Angie said, I think it's a restoration from Genesis. And he goes, oh, look at you. You've now touched on the order of creation. And I was like, oh, like maybe this wasn't about all of our cultural stuff. I wonder if God was talking to us about something differently. And one of the things he said was Jesus willingly submitted, lovingly submitted to God. It didn't make Jesus less than God. And the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Trinity willingly submits to each other. And so I kind of kept hanging out with that. And it was like, well, what would happen if we willingly submitted to our husbands and our husbands willingly submitted to authority, um, to God, certainly that way. And the, the part, I think it's in, is it in Ephesians 2, where they say women submit to your husbands? I think it's in there. Yeah. And, and it was like, wait a minute, I understand my submission to my husband as I'm submitting to God. Not meaning my husband is God, but in my role as a wife, my choice to submit to my husband is 
because I've I've submitted to God. That, am I making? I don't know if that makes sense or. And so it's like, wow! I just started seeing this passage differently. I don't think Paul was t- saying my my. I don't know, coming back over it. It's like, women, shut up and go home and have babies. I don't think it was quite like that. I think there were things, <laughs> everybody's like, going, yeah, you're not that one. But um, I think he was, I don't know. Like, So that's why I kind of want to bring it out. It, it changed a lot of things for me. And once I saw this as a mission to God first, really first and foremost, that's who's, who we're submitting to, the fight came out of me. And I was like, I think I was fighting about my flesh to hold on to my flesh. And I don't know. There's a lot still rolling in my head on that. I want you guys' perspectives or what do you think about that? So, like, I kind of was noodling that around also. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I think the thing that I get caught up on is the word submission Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, like, in my opinion, it is, it's been very convoluted by our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because being submissive it, to something or someone or some authority is not a bad thing. But in this culture and in our current state of mind, um, so often we think of submission as this weak um, powerless, just mousy thing that happens, but that's not what submission is. And so met, I would say in the majority of actions, um, certainly in healthy relationships, submission is an, is an act of love. Mm-hmm. And choice. And choice. It's not forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because even when Jesus went to the cross, you know, of the three, he took the role of coming to earth as a man. Mm-hmm. And giving his life on that cross to save us. We know that was not an easy thing for him because he prayed to the Father, Lord, if there's any way that you can remove this cup from me. And yet, in submission to the Godhead, he made that, that choice to be crucified, to give his life. I mean, that was a mm-hmm. choice that he made. Nobody took his life from him. Mm-hmm. He says very clearly in, this, clearly in the scriptures, I laid down my life. Nobody mm-hmm. took it. So I do think that, um, you know, we do get caught up in our cultural thing. You know, I'm a pretty independent woman. Yeah. Um, and I was raised right right at the cusp of the women's liberation movement. So women were finally allowed to work or, or they were more apt to work. Um, and so I think it, it really grates against us a little bit culturally. We're a little more educated this generation. We're um, we've kind of been single longer sometimes. We've had more opportunity to make our own choices and choose our own direction. And so I think when we read this, it's like, what? That's <laughs> so against everything that yeah. I grew up yeah. thinking I needed to do with my life. Um, but it, I, I do really believe that it goes back to that everything we do, we should be doing as unto the Lord. That's what the <laughs> Word tells us. And so submission is such a big part of that. And we can't get bogged down in, you know, gee, I'm only an eye. I wish I was a foot or gee, I'm only a foot. I wish I was an eye. We're the body of Christ. We all have a different role to play. Men have a role. Women have a role. And then each of us individually has a role. We've got to be okay with that. Just like Jesus was okay with that. 
Yeah, I, and I, I think oh, oh, ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. that doesn't mean when we say to be submissive, that doesn't mean you're going to take a beating mm-hmm. from your husband and that's mm-hmm. okay. That doesn't no, mean, no. you know, you're going to be abused in any way and you're just going to submit to it because you're, you know, a good submitting woman. No, yeah. that's not it. It's um, maybe not all, you know, if your husband's not the perfect husband, all loving or all kind, that's not it either. I mean, you know, he's the head of the household. If he's making good decisions, he's following God and he's not ter- trying to turn you away from God. Why, why wouldn't you submit? And if he's loving you, if he's a really loving husband, it's really easy to submit. Um, so you think- submit to anything that's horrible. Yeah. I think we look at that word submission like that means that's a one-way thing. I have to submit to you. But that's not really true. Jesus had discussion with the Father and with the Holy Spirit about submission, about the things that they had decided would be done. There was discussion going on throughout the whole time he was here on the earth. So it's not a one-way street. I'm telling you, you have to do this. I think in submission, there can also be dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not autocratic. I'm telling you, by golly, this is what you're going to do, whether you like it or not. I think we hear submission and we think that, but that's not really the way it works. Not in the, in the church anyway, not in our relationship with God. Um, I think culturally this, even perhaps this particular scripture has been used um, to harm women. Right, and I'm I'm really glad you brought that up, Terry, because it's like that is not what this is about. Mm-mm. It's what our culture has done. It's not what God is saying, and right. so it just um, I think there's um, it's almost like a reaction, a type of reaction. Oh, nobody's going to make me submit now. This yeah. this fight in us, and that probably needed to be there culturally, probably you know, but this isn't a about our culture as much as it's about a relationship with God. And it's different. So it's almost like the, there's, there's the world kingdom and then there's God's kingdom. And if we see this in the world kingdom, it's like, oh, nobody's going to make me submit. That is not going to happen. And uh, there have been times we've had to stand up. But this particular thing, this submission, it's a kingdom opportunity in God's kingdom. It's a kit to say, I will sacrificially lay this down for you. And that's following what Christ did. And it's very different from our worldly kingdom. So anyway, so I just okay. noticed about it. Just thought I wanted to chat it through a little bit more. Anybody else have anything? Well, don't you think it, it is in the nature of man? And God made us a free moral agent, right? Yeah. So we have independence. He's, that's a gift from God, that freedom and that independence. But of course, because we live in a fallen world, that freedom and independence has been corrupted. Yeah. And our idea of what that means has been corrupted to some extent. So I, I think it's part of our fallen nature to resist that idea of submission. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of rebellion is what it is. So... Right. And in, in, in our worldly kingdom, we're rebelling against the cultural system, which is corrupted, exactly like you're saying. But when we switch into God's kingdom mm-hmm. and we start rebelling against him, oh, we better be paying attention. 
<clears throat> yeah. Oh, we better need to yeah. just, and, and that kind of was the feeling. It's like, this landed weird for me yeah. is a weird way to say it. And it was like, I'm not, I needed to take more time on it, yeah. you know? So, well, anyway, it kind of, like, that's a good way to kind of tie into what we're going to be talking about for the next couple mm-hmm. of minutes. Um, because we're going to be talking about, um, qualifications. This is how my Bible says it qualifications for overseers and deacons. So, um, talking about submitting to that ultimate kingdom authority, it's all about that really. Um, Mm -hmm. because there are some worldly expectations that come in, but if we're willing to go in hands open submission style to God, um, things are going to move a lot more smoothly for us. Yes. So, um, Terry, will you read that for us this next chapter? 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So... Tying this back to what we were just talking about, if this is who we are, who is being put in authority, and if this is the way that people are being called, why would you not want to submit to that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you not go, yes, somebody who is going to lead me and lead me well? Because guess yeah. what? We all have to be led. Yeah. That's the reality of it. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, gosh, what a privilege to sit mm-hmm. under somebody who is... Um, faithful to his wife, above reproach, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospital, hosp- hospital, hospitable. <laughs> um, you know, how awesome yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, there's a difference. The next thing we'll talk about is um, deacons, but this is for an overseer. And so there's a difference between being an overseer and being a deacon. The mm-hmm. overseer is like the lead pastor, or the, you know, the pastor deacons are the quote unquote servants of the overseers. So we're talking about a pastor here. This is the big idea, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other part, again, this is interesting because it's like, it's a contrast to the culture. The part that where the um, husband has one wife mm-hmm. was in contrast to what was going on in the culture at yeah. that time. The thought of not being quarrelsome. There, there's different quotes through this from Lyman Coleman. Um, is that the false teachers were given to contention and quarrels. So someone who's not quarrelsome, it doesn't mean you can't stand up for yourself. Doesn't mean you can't stand up for your opinion. It means you don't intentionally engage in fights for the sake of having a fight. Don't mm-hmm. be a pot stirrer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Since we've been doing this study, I've been recognizing. Um, I've been recognizing that all over. And what's interesting is my response now is to just turn away. Like, or if it was something on the news or something, it's like, turn away. I don't want to hear it. I just start walking away from it. And it's like, oh, it's been so much better. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, they weren't. And there was in contrast to what was actually going on in that culture at the time. So this is why he's specifically calling out these traits is so that they can have a very clear idea of what the church of God looks like versus what your culture is looking like. And there should be a difference. People should be seeing that in us too. They should be able to see a a big difference between us and how we walk through life and the way the culture is just running around and going around. And there should be a contrast with that. Um, Another thing that was brought out was the love of money. And I do love money. No, <laughs> it's like, but that is, doesn't rule my life. It doesn't do anything. It's like, clearly I work. I mean, you know, that's one of the things, but um, it, money's just money. Yeah. And it's used for God's kingdom. And it's used for God's purposes. The difference here is, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, is um, the false prophets and the people who were new to the faith, but were just a little bit off, right? And like, why would they want to be false prophets? Why would you want to be teaching these false things? And we dialed it back to the fact that it was one pride and yes. two, that it was going to bring you fame and money. Like Filthy lucre. Filthy lucre. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... So that's, that's kind of where this comes from is like, don't be saying stuff and doing stuff just to build yourself up. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that if that is your goal, you can look like winner, winner, chicken dinner here. You can, I mean, you'll get tons of people following you, everything. But how long does that last? And what's the eternal benefit of that? What's the cost? Yeah. Yeah. The ultimate cost of that Mm -hmm. is pretty bad. I like uh, verse four that says he must manage his own family well, Mm -hmm. see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. You know what? There's so many guys, men, that are heavy-handed with the kids. You'll do as I say. You're living under my roof, and it's my way or the highway. And it's like... Sometimes you do need to put your foot down. Um, yeah. That's for sure. But you know what? In a manner worthy of full respect, that means he's he's doing it lovingly. Yeah. He's doing it for the be- best of the children. He's not, just not heavy handed with them. And Suzanne, remember you told your dad not to exasperate the children? Yes. <laughs> I think I thought of that verse when I said this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? If you... There's no guarantee your kids are going to turn out right. Uh, I think, you know, that yeah. first, they'll come back to it. Hopefully that. But if you're, if you're treating your kids with love and respect to them as well, you're going you're gonna to have better results. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a quote in, in the um, homework, and it's from Charles Swindoll. And he says, and it goes back to the managing your own family well. And um, he says, generally speaking, recognizing that healthy children act their age and teenagers sometimes spin out of control. We should ask, does the man create a calm structure home environment? Does he hold his children to reasonable expectations that instill a sense of personal dignity? And do they esteem him and show him his honor? So here's the thing about that is we have to realize that people are people and kids sometimes lose their flipping minds. So <laughs> as do moms, I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but kids sometimes just 
go off the rails. And sometimes that's, you know, part of the learning curve. We all had times where we were, especially growing up, you're testing your boundaries and you're, um, you're feeling your way out and you're pushing and pushing and pushing. And we've all had um, kids with meltdowns in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but like when my kids were toddlers, there was a time where I literally picked them up out of the cart and left the cart and walked out of the store and told the, I distinctly, I will never forget where I was or who I told, but I said to the lady, I am so sorry to leave this mess for you, but we have to go melt down somewhere else. <laughs> and um, that's just human nature. Yeah. And yeah. so to judge someone, this is not saying like your kids have to be perfect. This leader's family has to be like ducks in a row and shiny and sparkly. That is not what that means. So that's not a, that's not an attainable thing. And that's not something that we should hold those in front of us. We should not hold those accountable to that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, yeah. And hearing, so there's, there's the psychology is just throwing a little bit in there's attachment styles, different attachment styles, like anxious mm -hmm. attachments, disorganized attachment, but there's secure attachment in there too. And so it sounds like bottom line, if you create the secure attachment, these meltdowns will happen within that. And so it's not specifically looking at the meltdowns per se. It's like, what's going on underneath this? Is this child being respected, is this a loving parent who is making those corrections that need to happen or allowing those meltdowns that need to happen? But is this happening within a secure attachment? And we want that for our leaders because we want to know, yeah, they can go off the hook too. But bottom line, what's their relationship with God? Is it a secure attachment to God? What are they reflecting, right? How are they... Um, so part of so part of as I'm thinking this, there there was a question in there too. I'm not sure where it is, but it was about why do we want people to be mature like this? How come we can't just take a new believer and go, ta-da, boom, here you go? And I think a part of that is because they haven't developed that attachment with God yet. They haven't matured. They can and you look at teenagers, it's like for the most part, and this is developmentally just super cool, that's fine. They only see themselves right? So a new believer would do that too. And guess what? They get to have that. I remember us talking about baby Christians. And it's like, yeah. what a gift they are. What a gift they are to the body of Christ. But they're not quite ready for leadership yet, right? right? Which is a good thing. Like when I think of what I was like when I came in, oh boy, you do not want to put me in leadership in any way. <laughs> but we want that maturity in people. We want people to grow in Christ and see that. And so that's a test that we need to look at. Like when we're believers and we're following, we're choosing to submit under these bishops or overseers. We want to be able to test that with the word of God too. We want to test, is their attachment strong? And it's important knowing that attachments can, but you know, they, they'll have their moments. Everybody will have their moments, but what is the general how do they, how are they reflecting God and how are they seeing other people? Right. And how are they, so when somebody does come and melt down, what's the response? How are they right. respectfully addressing that? Are they standing in the middle of the room, screaming and berating their kid or this person who's in their congregation who has 
done something that is out of line? Are they standing there berating in front of everyone? Or are they coming as this loving person and saying, like, let's talk through this. Let's, let's see how we can take some corrective action here. Um, And that's, that's what they're kind of talking about when they're talking about leading and, and being like in that, that respectful manner, like Terry was talking about. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that this Christian stuff can be pretty heady. There's mm-hmm. a lot of power in this mm-hmm. and, and we need to be careful. I, I don't know the first time as I've, when I became a Christian, I bashed a lot of people over the head in the name of God. <laughs> with your Bible, with your yeah. Bible. So, which is like, whatever. And it, it was like, it's heady stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to understand this power and this grace and this submission and this sacrifice and letting it all work together together for God, right? And to have it be really more about him than about me. Amen. 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 Yeah. yeah. That was years in work, though. I just want everybody to know that. Well, and that's why we don't just let somebody come into the church. You know, they're just newly saved and we promote them to some kind of position of authority because right. while that enthusiasm is a gift to us, I mm-hmm. love how you said that. New believers bring that enthusiasm, but enthusiasm has to be tempered with experience and maturity mm-hmm. um, so that we don't just have all kinds of crazy stuff going on all the time. Right. Well, the, um, one of the words, I, I, don't, I don't remember if it's Greek or uh, what it is, but word for overseer is presbytera. Mm-hmm. And that the the definition of that is a seasoned male overseer. So yeah, you know you have seasoned. to you have to have some uh, maturity behind you to be in that position. There's a lot of people that depend on you, and a lot of people are um, looking at you in in when you're in a leadership role to say, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. So you better have some and some maturity. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the last thing in my homework that I wrote was that there is a lot of weight that goes into this leadership. Yeah. Um, so don't take it lightly. Don't mm-hmm. take it lightly when you're asked to do it, and don't take it lightly when you're looking at those who are going to be in leadership over you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and we should be praying for them. Absolutely. It's tough. And not just our church leaders. No, everyone. And he exhorted us earlier too. Yep. Mm -hmm. We should be praying for everyone. Yes. Well, um, that's a great way for us to kind of wind things up today. Rosemary, do you want to pray for us? Yes. Thanks. Holy Lord, we just come before you, God. So grateful for your words. So grateful for you. You are amazing. Um, Lord, we just thank you for this learning about leaders and learning about what we need to look for in someone. Um, God, help us to see others. Help us to see you first and move out of that. But as we see you, Lord, help us to see the people who are in front of us, God. Help develop that maturity within us, Lord. The maturity isn't about us getting stronger. It's about us seeing you more. And so, Lord, we just pray that you help us submit to your authority that um, the seasoning happens over a period of time and that we sense you, Lord, in every move that we make within the church, God. Lord, we just praise you. We just thank you so much for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.